Good afternoon. Thanks so much for being with us. Coming up on the program today, we are going to talk more about the carbon price and rebate plan. It was ruled, as you've likely heard in the news, constitutional today. What is next for the provinces that continue to oppose the tax? And what does it mean for taxpayers here in BC? We're going to talk about that just after the 1230 news. We'll also get the very latest on long-term care visitation, expecting to hear from the health minister and Dr. Bonnie Henry around one o'clock. We will bring that to you live as it is happening. First, though, following up on what you've likely also heard in the news, and this has to do with the fines for people who attend social gatherings indoors and those that break the current COVID-19 rules in BC. We know that most people in this province are following the rules. Um, And I can tell you that as of uh, uh, Wednesday, Uh, which would be yesterday, um, when I give my uh, usual report to Cabinet, uh, 1,525 people uh, have received uh, violation tickets. As always, the police uh, and enforcement officers, their first line is to get people to obey uh, and to follow the the health officers' uh, rules and regulations. Most people do that. When they don't, uh, that's when they are, are getting the tickets. Uh, and uh, we have seen uh, that those tickets are being issued uh, and they include the $230 fine and uh, a significant number of $2,300 tickets. What we are saying today is that uh, for those who uh, attend and promote events, that those fines are now being increased uh, to $575. Let's bring in Sarah Lehman, a lawyer and the founder of the Sarah Lehman Law Group. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Sarah, we we like talking to you about this because you can break it down in legal terms for us. What is your initial reaction to hearing that the one particular fine, the $230 fine for individuals who are at gatherings could now face, uh, that's now been raised to $575? Well, my initial reaction is that this is being done because it seems as though the government is concerned that people are not being properly deterred with that lower fine amount and that people are still engaging in this behavior to the point where government officials feel as though it's creating a risk to public safety. So they have to take a stronger deterrent here in order to make people fall in line. And is there anything that that stops the government from doing this or that sets any kind of rules as far as what the fine could or should be? Well, not really, actually. Uh, It's up to the government to legislate these kinds of fines and to try to determine what sort of penalty would be appropriate to serve the interests of justice, which include both general and specific deterrence, as well as denunciation or uh, sending a strong message to the community that this is not the type of behavior that will be acceptable. So uh, legislators are left to kind of tailor those, and we see it all the time when we think about criminal law, uh, different mandatory minimums, for example, or maximums that are sometimes legislated in order to fit particular offences. Uh, what do you think, too, about how the fines are given out in that they are at the discretion of officers, if officers are called, say, to a party? Uh, but a lot of people have really pointed out the difference in that we've seen those parties taking place in penthouse condos uh, in downtown Vancouver. Uh, we've seen in cases like that where several fines have been levied. Uh, but then you'll turn on the TV and see an anti-masker rally with a bunch of people gathered at the Art Gallery Plaza or gathered somewhere not following the rules and not given any tickets. What about that that discrepancy that people are seeing? 
Sure. And I mean, that is something that I think a lot of people are concerned about because at the end of the day, it is left up to officer discretion when and where to issue these types of infractions. Now, I think that oftentimes officers may be more hesitant to issue infractions if there's a potential threat to safety. So sometimes at those rallies, uh, there can be some threat of violence or maybe officers are concerned about other people being harmed, including themselves and don't want to escalate the situation. So it is, again, up to officer discretion to assess that situation and to decide what's reasonable and what's safe in those circumstances. Uh, We know uh, at this point it's ICBC that is in charge of collecting the fines. It seems like only, uh, I think the latest number, and this came out during uh, the news uh, conference with Mike Farnworth, was 6% of the $750,000 in fines uh, currently that have been issued. Only 6% have been paid. Uh, What does that say about people who are fighting this or just refusing to pay the fines? Well, there are people who are deciding to fight their tickets and put them into dispute, which is their right to do so. They do have 30 days from the day they were issued to file that ticket into dispute and then to have a day in court where they could perhaps mount a defense or maybe even apply for a lesser penalty. But as terms, in terms of people who decide not to do anything, either pay the fine or dispute it, those people will expect to receive notices from collections after their matters are referred to those types of organizations to try to pick up those fines and collect the dollars on behalf of the government. And it's it seems different than, say, if it's a speeding ticket and you're going to dispute how fast you think you were going as uh, compared to how fast, uh, say, an officer says, or, or other tickets. It seems like there's more leeway, or, or maybe not. I'm curious what your thoughts are. If you're at a party and there's currently a, a, a public health order that says there are to be no social gatherings inside private residence, what grounds would you have to dispute that? Well, that's a really interesting question because, of course, this legislation is untested as of now. None of these tickets have actually made their way into court. I do think that there could be some defenses in some circumstances. There's always an exception to the rule, and I think that we will see those come out as time goes on. Uh, But certainly, I think that there's going to be a great deal of uncertainty until we get decisions from the court about how these tickets should be properly implemented. Would you see, and I, and I know this is kind of hypothetical, and, you, and like you said, we've never really dealt with this before. Would it be the type of challenge, though? I mean, would somebody say they didn't know the rule was there, or this was in place, or more of a constitutional challenge that, yes, I knew this was a rule, but I want to fight it on that base because I think it infringes on my rights? Well, ignorance of the law is never a defense. So that's really important to remember. You can't say, oh, I didn't know, so the law doesn't apply to me. That's just never going to work. Um, There could be constitutional arguments being raised, perhaps down the line, but that is something that I wouldn't put too much stock into as of yet, particularly with that latest decision that came out of the B.C. Supreme Court just last week with uh, the churches that were violating particular health orders, arguing that their Section 2 rights, the right to freedom of religion, were being violated and the court dismissing those arguments. So that does set some precedence, I think, for what we can expect from our courts when it comes to constitutional challenges. But there still could be technical arguments and legal defenses available to people who are issued these tickets. It's just going to depend on the case-by-case basis.
And in your experience and history with fines that, that aren't new, not in a scenario like this, whether it's a uh, impaired driving penalties, speeding penalties, where we have seen significant increases in the penalties and the fines. Do, have you, uh, in your experience as a lawyer, do you find that it does work as a deterrent and we see a drop in the number of people who are breaking the law? I mean, not really. Um, <laughs> I think that it's uh, it's been well-researched that uh, penalties often don't serve as very good deterrents when it comes to human behavior. Um, but given the fact that this is being so heavily covered in the media, and we have so many eyes on this issue, uh, I do think that more of a spotlight on it uh, and upping those penalties could dissuade some people who may otherwise be willing to engage in this um, antisocial behavior uh, from doing so. So, I mean, I think time will tell whether or not this is effective. All right, Sarah Lehman, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. You too. That is Sarah Lehman, lawyer, founder of the Sarah Lehman Law Group. We're going to open up the phone lines. What are your thoughts on this? The increased penalties for people who are caught breaking COVID-19 rules that are currently in place. Do you think the increased penalties will be a deterrent? What are your thoughts?